Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Looking Up with your hosts, Sharissa and Danny. How are you, Pastor? I am praising the Lord, my friend, <laughs> on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's beautiful today. It Some is. weeks it's delicious, but this week it is definitely beautiful. Sensational. Oh, right. Sensational. There's a new word for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Welcome to this program on a sensational Wednesday afternoon. We hope that you are well wherever you are. You might be driving or listening at home. We're so glad that you are joining us today. Uh, if you would like to connect with us in any way throughout this program, just want to let you know how you can do so. You can send in any Bible questions or uh, prayer requests to us on 1-800. You can call this number, so it's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text in your questions or prayer requests to 0491-064-669. Also, we have all of our past episodes on the Faith FM website, which you go there, you click on Podcasts, and you look at the Looking Up tab, and you'll see all the past episodes from uh, this program time slot. So uh, we hope that you can do so if you haven't already done so. Now, we are very excited to be continuing today an incredible epic study in the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who were with us last week, we were in Daniel chapter... Eight. Yes. And we discovered... We discovered <laughs> the incredible truth that that God would one day cleanse or, or, or bring or bring to light the message of the sanctuary, which is the message of the plan of salvation. This plan that would be downtrodden for over two millennia, 2,300 years, and that God would one day restore that. And uh, that would be the time of the judgment period. Yes. Uh, that would equate with the cleansing of the sanctuary there in the ancient Hebrew um, uh, ceremonies when it came to their Day of Atonement. So we talked about that. We'll recap on that um, as we go along. Sounds good, because um, this week's study, we are going to dive into Daniel chapter 9, and the two chapters are connected. They are very connected, In yes. a very important way. And so, uh, as Pastor Danny just shared with us, that it highlighted that a time of judgment is coming, and we're going to discover when that time begins today through an incredible prophecy. You don't want to miss it. In fact, this prophecy is actually been considered by some rabbis as a cursed chapter, Mm -hmm. Daniel chapter 9. So we'll talk more about that when we come back after the break. But we are going to be listening to a beautiful song by Kayla Hopkins, Who Am I? And uh, then we'll come back with some more reflections on our weeks. Conversation with us 
listening to Looking Up and we are just going to reflect a little bit on the news and what's been happening in our world. So, Pastor Danny, how was your weekend? It was good. It was, it was good, yeah. I had, uh, had the opportunity to um, spend some time bike riding, which I love oh. to do, mountain biking on Sunday. It was a, it was a beautiful day, a delicious day. <laughs> and, um, and then I played some tennis in the afternoon. You've had and, a very active weekend. And then we had the graduation service for our CHIP program. Oh, chip now, program. Chips, That's is that chip. like potato chips? <laughs> it's or? not like fish and chips. Okay. Um, it's the complete opposite, actually. CHIP, okay. it stands for Complete Health Improvement Program. Mm. And I would humbly say that this is the best lifestyle-based health program on the planet, mm. bar none. It goes for approximately um, two months. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intensive. There's about 16 sessions, a couple of sessions a week. There's like about two, about three sessions for the first couple of weeks or so. And this is where people, they learn everything they need to know about health and well-being from a lifestyle perspective. So it's not just about food. They'll obviously learn, um, you know, what what's the best fuel to put into their bodies, um, but they also learn, you know, how to have good, healthy, emotional health and well-being, um, social relationships, uh, as well as exercise, and so you know, looking at all the all the key elements of of health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So we had the graduation service, and it was really incredible to see. Um, there's a thing about 35 participants in mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Uh, chip program. We have um, one of our one of our church members who, who's a doctor, Dr. Trevor Hurlow, and he sort of leads um, leads the program with with a number of volunteers. It's a big team effort, so mm-hmm. they, they work pretty hard. And uh, it's interesting because at the beginning of the chip program, 
they get um, they get an assessment done on where their health is at. So they take uh, blood tests, they do cholesterol yep. tests, and you name it. You know, they do all those uh, main tests. So they, they they get all their results at the beginning of the program. Then two months later, they retest, uh-huh. and so they have an opportunity to see where they're at. That and, would be um, exciting. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and and the good thing is, it's like there's a group of them, so they count their steps and um, and they work as teams and they really support one another and encourage one another. But at the end of the two months, um, the average weight loss over just over a two-month period, the average weight loss was about five kilograms. That's fantastic. Per person, five kgs per person. Wow. Um, How many people did the program? About 30, 35 people did the program. That's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So that was a real blessing. So that just came to an end Sunday night. So that was the graduation. We had a, a meal and it was all, all plant-based. Mm. Um, the whole program is plant-based. So uh, if, it, if it has a mother, it doesn't belong in the CHIP program. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, the food was delicious. I was invited to come along and it was great. That's good. I know my mum participated in one of those when we were growing up and it completely changed our yeah. home cuisine, but it improved um, health for oh, the family. Absolutely. So it's it's a great program to look into. Yeah, it's a Chip. great, yeah, CHIP. So C-H-I-P stands for Complete Health Improvement Program. If you're interested, Google it. Um, you'll be able to find it. We there at Morissette mm-hmm. um, is where our church is based, Hillview. We ran it out of our church hall. Um, we run it every year. So right. during the months of March and April and May is usually when we run it. So if anyone's interested, you can either call us here at Faith FM mm-hmm. or you can um, yeah get my phone number from the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church and I'll make a note or just yeah remember to give us a yell next year, maybe around January, February at the latest and book your spot in. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I, um, my husband and I, Justin, we went up to Stewart's Point on the weekend. Where's that? <laughs> it's a long way away. <laughs> it's like three hours north from Newcastle here and uh, they have a program there called the Grey Nomads Camp. Yeah, I, I've been trying to tell you that you are getting old. You are very grey and well, you ought to be hanging out with him. Where's I'm your caravan? starting to fit in more. <laughs> I think Justin fits in a little bit better than I do at this stage. But yeah, it was wonderful to see a lot of people. Mm. Like I think it was the biggest gathering I've seen since before 2020. Um, there was over 500 people there. Wow. Um, and so we participated in the morning devotion there and the Sabbath school program. And it was just encouraging uh, to see these so many people there mm. who love the Lord and are desiring to, to love Him more. Mm. Very Amen. uplifting. So then we trekked back to Newcastle on Sabbath afternoon where we're also continuing a family life series and looking at at how technology impacts our lives and how oh. can we keep a check on that because that which controls well that which we do not control controls us and um, yeah at the end of the presentation that Justin gave there were two young boys in the church and uh, one of them's 11 and he went home with his brother and they told their mum they're gonna they'd like to do a fast from social media for 40 days. For 40 days, no social media. No social media. Are they going to survive? Well, according to their mother this morning, and I'm going to check on them later tonight, they're doing really well and they're having a great time. So so. no Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, YouTube TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. Offline. They're going to be offline for 40 days. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Are these teenagers? 
Yeah, just below teenagers, actually. But isn't that amazing? Wow, that's amazing. So we're that's really excited that, about that. And Praise looking forward to sharing with our listeners how they go. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to get an update each week. Yeah, we'll have And to. we might even have the kids um, oh, yeah, would, dial in. They would love to. We get them to <laughs> dial in and we'll chat to them and ask how their experiment is going and what yeah. they've learnt and so on and so forth. That'd be great. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so we've gone from grey nomads to like 10-year-olds <laughs> all in the space of like... A weekend. That's pretty yeah, exciting. It is. Now let's go to the world. <laughs> now we're going to the world. Well, what's in the news? That's, oh, well, that's exciting. To you. Well, look, now before we do that, there may be some people that might be interested. Oh, yes. how, how do they get hold of what you guys have been sharing? Do, if you guys well, put this on your church website, can they come to the church? Can they see you? <laughs> what can they do? Well, you can write to Faith FM and we'll work out a way to get it to you because those presentations were not recorded. Oh, okay. But they will be this, like it's a continuing series. So this coming Sabbath, Saturday, it will be streaming live from the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist mm-hmm. Church. So people mm-hmm. will be able to go there on our Facebook page and you'll be able to hear the, the next presentation. Fantastic. It's just going to be good right. too. Fantastic. Or you could invite, you could invite Sharissa and Justin to come to your home and present <laughs> In person, the the whole message, and bring the kids along as well. How exciting would that be? Well, wasn't that a good idea? <laughs> I'm full of good ideas. I know. No, um, yeah. Now off off to the world, and um, I think I think most most people would be aware that there is a, a horrific war yet again. Um, I have a Time magazine at home from a number of years ago, and it has um, just one word on the front cover, and it's showing it's showing. Uh, uh, there's a photograph of you know of war once again and destruction and you know all sorts of stuff going on there in Gaza. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a, a picture and someone I think covered in ash and whatever, and the word is on on the Time magazine article on the Time magazine again. Again, mm-hmm. and that basically sums up sadly what's going on there in the Middle East. You know, again, we have this conflict that has erupted, and innocent men, women, and children are yes. caught up in the crossfire. And it's so so sad to see. And you know, sharing with you earlier, I had the I had the opportunity um, to go to Israel mm-hmm. and the Middle East. Uh, been a couple of times now, once in 2010, and the latest in 2019. And I remember in 2019. Chatting uh, with uh, our our tour guide who was a Palestinian, and oh, I had the opportunity, you know, just to chat with him one on one. And it was an evening; we were just resting, most of the people in their rooms. And I just went down to uh, down to the hotel sort of lobby, and he was just having a coffee there. And I just sat down and just chatting with him. We got into a good discussion about life and da di da di da and family, and we, you know, so on. Anyway, eventually got to the discussion. I've been meaning and to, to speak to someone um, from there regarding this situation uh, between the Palestinians and the Jews, and whether there is any possibility. Of, of peace, mm. you know, a compromise, a peace, some kind of reconciliation where they can learn to live together, mm. you know, the way we live together here in Australia. You know, we're multicultural here in Australia. I mean, I'm from a Macedonian background and I, you know, I, I just love it that we have such a multicultural society. Mm. And anyway, I asked him that question. I said, is it possible that the Palestinians and the Jews can find a way to live in this land together in peace and in harmony without war continuing to, to you know, destroy lives and, and livelihoods and, and mm. dreams and so forth? And he looked at me and he said, 
it's impossible. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean it's impossible? And he says, this is the reason. And he went on and explained. And the short version of what he shared with me was, we believe this is our land. We believe we have been given this land. This land was ours. And the Israelis came in after 1948, after World War II. They have come in and they have taken over our land. We were here. And, um, and, and so there's no way, there's no way we are giving up our land and wow. we cannot acknowledge Israel hmm. as, as, as the only rightful, uh, landowners of this land. Wow. And the Israelis have exactly the same opinion. We cannot acknowledge the Palestinians, regardless that they were there before 1948. Regardless that they were there, we cannot acknowledge them because this land was given to us through Abraham. But they both claim Abraham because we have Ishmael, who is the father of the Arabs and the father of, mm-hmm. of the Muslim nation. If you go all the way back, he's the son of Abraham. And he yes. was the firstborn son of Abraham. And we've got Isaac, yes. who is the, the father of the Jewish nation. Yes. And so they have chosen, both sides have chosen, there is no way we're going to acknowledge one another. So he said there'll never be peace. And that was a, so sad to That's hear. That's really sad. Yeah. It's just a, a reminder of what Jesus said. Before he comes back, there would be wars and rumors mm, of wars. And that's right. We continue to see that taking place in our world. Um, shall yeah. I share one? Yeah, go for it. So go for it. This one is a little bit uh, different. Very different. <laughs> I, I had to check it on a number put, of sites. Put, put, put your seatbelts on, folk. If you're driving, <laughs> if you're driving, continue to look at the road. Yeah. And um, don't be distracted by what Sharice is about to share. This is like off the wall. <laughs> go, go for it. All right. So this was published um, 17th of May, 2021. And like this yesterday is, or something. Yeah, so, yeah, about two days ago now. Russia Today, and this is the title of the article. Twitter temporarily suspends Spanish politician for saying, quote, men cannot get pregnant. What's wrong with saying that? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. So he said, can you repeat that? Men, because I don't think, I don't think people really caught that. It says, Twitter temporarily suspends Spanish politician for saying men cannot get pregnant. Wow. So, Sharissa, let me get this right. Twitter has suspended... That's hate speech. Twitter has (laughs) suspended this Spanish politician's account because he says, he believes, he claims that men cannot bear children. That's correct. And then because he was um, banned off Twitter, he went to Facebook and he said, you can see that this is already fascist biology. (laughs) Next time I'll try two plus two equals four. Um, you know what? I think that's a sign. That's a sign of how far we are veering away from from God's plan, God's yeah. word, God's holy law. And what happens is common sense and logic goes out the window because if you follow this trajectory, the further we move away from God, the the further we move away from from reality in a sense. So true. And then, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> how how ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the last 6,000 years, boys and girls, two years old and above, know that mummies have babies and daddies don't know what to do with babies, let alone have babies. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> I, it's, it's just crazy. But uh, 
Oh, Signs of the times. It is a sign of the time. And, um, and look up. Yeah, look up. <laughs> look up or look out. <laughs> look up. The, your redemption is drawing near. Yeah. And um, thank God that Jesus is coming soon because really mm. this whole cancel culture, this whole woke culture, I didn't even know what this whole woke yeah, business was all about. Yeah, yeah, someone told me about it. I'm like, what is it? So I had to go to Google and find out what woke was all about. But this tells us that um, as we draw nearer and nearer to the coming of Jesus, that Babylonian confusion that Revelation speaks yes. of, and that's what Babylon is. It's confusion. confusion. It's everywhere. It's, it's oppression. It's, um, it's, it's ultimately, you know, rebellion against God and his principles. Actually, on that note, we could just let our listeners know that starting tonight, I think at 8 p.m., the mm-hmm. very first worldwide virtual Adventist global camp meeting oh, is being wow. held. And if anyone's interested in checking it out, you can do so. You just go to campmeeting.com and register. And that's, it's pretty exciting, actually. It's, 24 hours of camp meeting style and they've had over, you know, hundreds, thousands of people registered. So wow. it's an exciting opportunity to connect and yeah. to hear um, inspiring messages about how we can look up. Amen. Campmeeting.com. Com. com just simply that campmeeting.com and register and, and you're away so, yeah. so that's something to look forward to folk and um, yeah we've got a wonderful afternoon Bible study yeah, Charissa so tell us again where we'll are we going stay back we're going to Daniel chapter 9 but before we do we'll have the news and before we have that we're going to have a beautiful song by someone I know very well it's my sister Whoa. she's going to sing write them on my heart oh, enjoy praise the Lord praise the Lord
You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Heaven's time. 
Welcome back, everyone. That was Jerusalem's Cry by Randy Travis. And you are listening to Looking Up with Sharissa and Danny. And we are about to begin our Bible study. Amen. Which is often my favorite part of the program. So That is the best part of the program. Yes. So uh, before we do begin, uh, we want to just let our listeners know something very exciting. That is, at the end of the program today, there's going to be an opportunity to get your hands on a free offer. Uh, this week's free offer is going to be called The Antichrist Agenda. It's a book written by Danny Shelton. And if you would like to get your hands on that book, we'll be sharing more about it throughout the program. But we're going to be sharing with you a code word. Mm. A code word. This is a new thing. We haven't done it quite like this before, but we think it's an exciting way uh, to give more people an opportunity to get to get their hands on this book. So there's a code word which we're going to share with you at the end and you can text us that word or call us with it and we will be able to let you have mm, this And it's book. a fantastic book on Bible it's, prophecy. And it's only that's only available for the first in. Yes, only or text out. Until stocks last. So it's it's there's only one. There's only one. That's how many in the stock. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we should pray. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to pray for sure, us? Sure, happy to do that. Father in heaven, once again, we're here on this uh, glorious Wednesday afternoon that you have blessed us with. And uh, Father, wherever our dear listeners are listening from, we just pray that they will be specially blessed as we open up your holy word. So open up our hearts, give us clarity of minds so that we may be understand this, understand this incredible prophecy that points to Jesus Christ as the Messiah of the world. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, before we dive into Daniel chapter 9, we should, I guess, remind our listeners what we were talking about in Daniel chapter 8, mm. um, because there's actually a couple of years between both chapters That's in right. the historical timeline or context of their actual uh, being written. So in Daniel chapter 8, Daniel saw in vision two animals running at each other, and these were not like the beasts of Daniel chapter 7, scary, ferocious, wild animals, but this was a ram and a goat, which reminds us of the sanctuary. So already, just in those beasts, we're being pointed to the significance and the symbolism of the sanctuary service. Mm. Um, and then, uh, do you want to share what happened next? Yeah, well, so, so we have, um, and before, before that, we just need to remind our listeners, because some might be tuning in, that uh, the book of Daniel has prophecies that build one from another. And so the first one is in Daniel chapter 2, which is the history of the world, but in metals, through a metal man. Then, as you pointed out, Daniel 7 and these mm-hmm. ferocious beasts, once again, pointing out um, other elements of history, in particular focusing on uh, the this, this uh, political religious system that will be established. So that's really the foundation of Daniel chapter 8, this political religious system that will be established. And Daniel 8 then zeroes in and focuses briefly on on the two empires, the Medo-Persian Empire, which is represented by the ra- by the ram. Mm-hmm. And then you have the he-goat or the male goat that is represented by Greece. And as you pointed out, these two animals go head to head. And as we know, the Greeks overthrew the Medes and the Persians. People might be thinking, well, what about Babylon? Where's the Babylonian animal? Um, But that's because Babylon was about to head off the scene, one. And number two, this prophecy actually begins during the time 
of the Medes and the Persh, yes. Persians, as we will discover in Daniel chapter 9 when we get there. So anyway, so what we have then is we have, after the Greeks, we have uh, another power that comes on and it's described as a horn. Mm-hmm. And firstly, that horn um, uh, works in a horizont- horizontal way. Yep. So it, it, it describes the, the Roman, the pagan Roman Empire. Yes. But then this horn no longer attacks horizontally, attacks vertically. And it attacks God, it attacks his sanctuary, and it attacks his people, and it attacks truth and treads truth to the ground, as we discover. And he does all this, the Bible says, and prospered. That's right, that's right. And so it was at that point that Daniel asked how long... Will the vision be concerning this this activity of this yeah. this horn power? That it's treading the sanctuary, and as we pointed out earlier, the sanctuary service, in a nutshell, was the plan of salvation. Every yes. element of the sanctuary was the plan of salvation. We looked at that last time. Yeah, so the whole uh, plan of salvation, the plan of redemption was yeah. under attack Absolutely. by this power. That's right. And so so Daniel asks, well, well he hears, he hears two Two, two beings, two angels asking one another, how long is this going to go on for? And what was the response? For 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Mm, or made right. So the truth of God's plan of salvation will be restored. So another way of, another word for the word cleanse is the word restored. Mm-hmm. So truth would be once again restored. So it's being attacked. trodden down, it's being attacked, it's being trodden down and now after this period it will be restored and and we just we've discovered in bible prophecy a day represents a year so this is not 2300 literal days which would be about six and a half years we're not talking six and a half years we're talking 2300 years a day for a year in bible prophecy according to numbers 14 and um, and ezekiel chapter 4 and then daniel wants to know the interpretation of this vision and the second half of Daniel 8 points out, you know, who the goat is and who the ram is. And then it describes, you know, the work of, of, of this horn. Yes. A pagan Rome and papal Rome without identifying them. But Daniel has no idea about when will this period begin and when this pe- period will end. Yeah, it's interesting. At the end of verse 26, it says, Therefore seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Yeah. And it's Gabriel who comes, and he's the one that gives the interpretation to Daniel in Daniel chapter 8. That's significant because we come across Gabriel again in Daniel chapter 9, and that ties mm. the two chapters together once again. Yeah. Good point. So that's our backdrop. Mm. And uh, as we said, there was a couple of years between Daniel chapter 8, the end of chapter 8, and chapter 9, but uh, Daniel has been wondering the answer to this question. And then we come to chapter 9, I guess we should uh, begin to read yes. this Yes, yes, together. yes, indeed. Do you, do you want me to? You go for it because we all know about my eyes. <laughs> They're dodgy. All right. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through the prophet Jer- through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So I guess at this point we should just 
talk a bit about what he just referred to here. Yeah. Dan- Daniel was a student of prophecy. He certainly was. Um, and he understood. He'd been studying the prophecies of Jeremiah where God had foretold, and he does this in chapter 25 of, and verse 11 of the book of Jeremiah, that Judah would be in captivity for a period of 70 years for national disobedience. It was like a 70-year timeout, I guess. It was. It was. And the land was to rest during this period of time. Um, and uh, then after that, yeah, God promised he would restore the people back to their land, back to rebuild Jerusalem that had been destroyed by the Babylonians and to rebuild the sanctuary yeah. or the temple. So when Daniel was taken into captivity, he was a teenager in Babylon. He was probably. about 17. About okay. 17. So about 17. There. And how old is he now? He's probably about... 83, 84, okay. somewhere there, because this is happening in the first year of Darius. And yes. um, so this is the first year of the Medo-Persians. They're on the throne in Babylon. They've overthrown um, Belshazzar, and that happened in 539 BC. We have okay. a very clear date for that. So I this love is this. five. So this is 539 BC when this is taking place, and um, this is almost 70 years since the captivity, because Daniel was taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar in 605 BC. Okay. So if you go 605 BC, add 70 years, you're looking at 535 BC. So we're about four years away from the 70 years being fulfilled. All right. So he knows the 70 years is almost, almost up, up. Yeah. But he's perplexed. Why is he perplexed? Because he's looking at the people. He's yes. not seeing much has changed. Yes. Uh, he, absolutely. And there's, and there's another reason. He doesn't understand this 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 prophecy concerning the two thousand three hundred years. Mm. He he has heard. He would hate for it to be two thousand. Exactly, years exactly. So Daniel is wondering: Have we sinned that badly? Have we walked away from God that much that instead of seventy years, God has now extended our punishment and He's extended our exile for not seventy years but two thousand three hundred years? That's a lot, isn't it? That is it's a no lot. No wonder he was distressed. <laughs> That's a lot. That's like telling your child, you know, um, okay. Instead of your phone being taken away from you for a day, if you because you're arguing with me, it's going to be taken away for the next month. Yeah, you know. So, um, forty yeah. days and forty nights. Forty days and forty nights. <laughs> so, so, so that's what Daniel is concerned about. He's wondering whether whether this two thousand three hundred years before the sanctuary is restored is in reference to the sanctuary, the temple there in Jerusalem. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So now we read what happens mm, next. Carry on. So in Daniel 9, verse 3, I'll begin. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, this is his prayer, it says, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face 
as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness with which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster for under the whole heaven such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. This is a beautiful prayer, isn't it? Mm. Do you want to keep reading? Um, I'll keep reading. You keep reading, you keep reading, then we'll make comment. Okay. As it is written, verse 13, in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and made yourself a name as it is this day. We have sinned. We have done wickedly. O Lord, according to your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and the supplication and for the Lord's sake cause your face to shine on your sanctuary which is desolate O my God incline your ear and hear open your eyes and see our desolations in the city which is called by your name for we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds but because of your great mercies O Lord hear O Lord forgive O Lord listen and act do not delay for your own sake my God for your city and your people are are called by your name. Wow. <laughs> that is an epic prayer. It is. That is probably one of the greatest prayers in all of Holy Scripture that it you is. have just read through. Mm. And there is just so much in that prayer. We could literally spend the entire program unpacking this prayer, Sharissa. Mm. There is so much. But one thing, and we're about to go to a music break in just a moment, but one thing that really strikes me, we might come back and and share a little more on this, is that Daniel is including himself. Talk about the humility of this man. He says, we have sinned. And as far as we know, Daniel was a a righteous man. There's not even one sin recorded against him in the book. Um, He has a clean sheet, although he was a sinner, as we know, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but he was a righteous man. He He loved God with all his heart, and yet he includes himself in the sin of his people, and there's so much more than that. We're going to have to continue this after this song, Mercy Me, Word of God Speak. We'll be back after this song with more thoughts on this incredible prayer. myself at a loss for words 
song welcome back you're listening to looking up and we just want to remind our listeners that at the end of today's program you will have an opportunity to be the first in to text or call us for today's free offer it's called the antichrist agenda by danny shelton an incredible book i'll just share with you some of the chapters it's talking about the antichrist it's got some chapters there it's got some chapters on the mark of the beast um, it's also got some other really exciting um, things. It's a compelling book that will move you beyond prophetic theory and popular fiction back to the Bible, mm. which is what we want. Amen. So, yes, stay tuned. We'll share with you a special code word, which you can be texting in or calling in to have your chance to be the first one to receive this book today. Well, Pastor Danny, um, we just read the prayer of Daniel in mm. Daniel chapter 9, and you made a good observation um to me in the break about Daniel praying scripture. Yeah, well, we just heard that beautiful song from Mercy Me, Word of God Speak. And Daniel here in this prayer, he is quoting the promises of God. And, uh, you know, God promised, uh, you know, in, in the book of Leviticus, we won't take the time to go there, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 40 to 45. If, if some of our listeners may be jotting down text, you may want to jot that down and you can go back and you can take a look at that. But God promised that when his people go into exile, not if his people go into exile, God, you know, he, he knows the end from the beginning and he knew that um, his people would eventually, you know, they would rebel after after opportunity and opportunity and opportunity given to them by God through the prophets um, to to be his faithful people. But if they would repent, if they would um, confess their sins, if they would uh, turn from their wicked ways, God promised he would hear their prayers, he would forgive their sins, 
he would heal and restore them and restore mm-hmm. their land. And we have that famous scripture in Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray mm-hmm. and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Mm-hmm. So, so God makes this promise and Daniel is quoting scripture back to God. And so God's promises are there for us to claim. So, so, w- how does that impact my life and your life, you may be wondering? Well, God's promises, every single one of the 31,000 plus verses in the scriptures, every single scripture is from God. It is for us to claim by faith. Amen. And so when we fall and fail, you know, First John 1, 9, go to your knees, open up the word to First John 1, 9 and, and claim that promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And it means what it says. Exactly. Praise and God. <laughs> praise the Lord for that. So if we, if we come not, not, not just, um, well, we, we come by faith rather than presumption. You know, um, we ought never to come before God in presumption mm-hmm. or just to try and fake it, you know, this whole idea of, you know, fake it before you make it. Forget about it. It doesn't work with God. It doesn't work with God because God knows our hearts. He knows our most innermost being. Amen. So just be honest with God. Daniel is honest with God. David is honest with God. And so, well, yeah, I just want to encourage our listeners to, to claim God's word oh, yes. um, in prayer when yes. we also pray. Now, you had some, you oh, had some yeah, other thoughts. Just on that note, Daniel sets for us a really shining example of how to have a prayer life. Yeah. And um, when he was perplexed, we should do what he did and mm. we should pray. And uh, I was just saying to you in the break, Daniel is this high government official in the empire at that time. And yet, even though he's busy in his role, he still takes time and puts in energy uh, to pray. And I think that's important for us. And I just have a little quote here. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, he once said, Oh, that our prayers could get beyond praying till they got to agonizing. Mm. And that reminds us of Jesus oh, in the Garden yeah. of Gethsemane, agonizing. Yeah. So true. Well, this is what happens next. Very powerful, very powerful. Verse 20 of chapter 9. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, verse 21, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have come, uh, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Wow. So this is, this is God sending his lead angel. Uh, as we understand, you know, Lucifer was God's leading angel and he sadly, um, uh, you know, rebelled against God and he today is Satan and the devil. But it appears that, yeah, Gabriel has taken over that, that prime angel position mm-hmm. and God sends him again, as Daniel points out. So we have Gabriel coming to Daniel in Daniel chapter eight and now God sends him again to Daniel to explain to him the vision. And in particular, as we shared earlier, 
the aspect concerning the cleansing of the sanctuary and in particular this this 2300 year period all right that daniel didn't have understanding concerning because that word their vision understand the vision is the same word that is used in daniel chapter 8 where it says and the vision Mm. Is, is, is for, you know, the appointed time and it's, and it's for the, and it's for the future. So, um, so, so God <laughs> cool. here wants to give Daniel understanding because in Daniel chapter eight and the last verse there in verse 27, he says, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, uh-huh. but no one understood it. That's so he didn't good understand. Insight. And so, and so now Gabriel says, God has sent me. Mm-hmm. To give you understanding concerning the vision, in particular concerning this 2,300 year prophecy. I love that. And I love how Daniel just can't get over. While I was praying. Yeah. And while notice, I was speaking. And notice <laughs> what answered. time, what time of the day is he praying? He's praying during the time of the evening, evening sacrifice. sacrifice. The mm. evening sacrifice. And so this is about three in the afternoon mm. uh, because we have the morning sacrifice at 9 a.m., generally mm. speaking, mm-hmm. when the Jews would have the morning sacrifice and then the evening sacrifice was three in the afternoon. So the third hour and the ninth hour, and that's significant because um, Jesus died mm. at the ninth hour mm. on the cross. We know from Scripture he died at the ninth hour, 3 p.m. <laughs> so. So this, so this is a, another connecting point to where we're going to be going. Oh, that's a very powerful point. Um, and we'll all see why in just a few moments. I love too how Daniel had been praying for forgiveness mm-hmm. for himself and for yeah. his people. And then God not only granted that, but he went a step further and he reveals his grand plan of salvation for all mm. mankind, which is why what you just said there about it coinciding with that evening sacrifice is so significant. So now we come to the part of um, the answer to the prayer. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, God goes above and beyond what Daniel was praying for, as we're going to yeah. discover. And I think we should just let our listeners know that uh, the Talmud actually records a rabbinic curse. It does, it does, yes. You have something on that? I do, I do have something that that I that I made note of, and yep. I've got it here. This is this is what um, this is the curse because what we're about to read pinpoints Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as the Messiah beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is it's amazing. This is so powerful. So because it does pinpoint Christ as the promised Messiah, and there are many, sadly, thousands of 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 um, Jews today that reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah who came 2,000 years ago. They're still waiting for that Messiah because I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Jerusalem and they're at the Western Wall there and they are praying and pleading and calling upon God to send the Messiah. And many hopefuls have come. That's right. There have been many down through the centuries that have claimed to be the the promised Messiah. And and this this is this curse. This is from um, uh, uh, a Talmudic um, anthology, uh, the Talmudic anthology, uh, Tales and Teachings of the Rabbis, page 277. And this is what it says. May the curse of heaven fall upon those who calculate the date of the advent of the Messiah and (laughs) thus create political and social unrest among the people. Wow. Wow. So um, in partic- in reference to this very prophecy and in reference to the next few verses that does we're going to look at. Does it say the name of the rabbi that said that? 
Um, it it just says quoted in. No, it doesn't oh, say it what said. his name was. Um, okay. It just says yeah, the Talmudic anthology. Wow, so interesting. And you know, I've got here in my notes that the great English scientist and mathematician Sir Isaac Newton. Um, he was a keen student of Bible prophecy, also, and he said of what we're about to read and study together. He said, "quote that it is the foundation stone of the Christian religion." Yeah. That's true, and he said, um, I, I, "I had I had something from from him somewhere where he said this date that we're going to be taking a look at um, is one of the is one of the is one of the most fundamental dates in all of history regarding proving a particular date." So, mm. so it's actually a very sacred chapter because of it this. is it's it's it a Christ saturated very much chapter. so very much so, and sadly we will probably have some listeners saying um, as we go along, but I thought this was in connection with the Antichrist. Mm. And you're saying it's in connection with Jesus Christ. So we're going to try and explain that. And maybe sure. they might want to text in their questions. Yeah, please yes. do. Text us on 0491 at any time with a question or comment. Well, shall we read? Let's get into it. So I'll read verse 24. Yeah. Seventy weeks, this is the angel speaking, are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. All right. You're right. <laughs> so here we go, Sharissa. Yeah, here we, we go. We have we have been given um we've been given a time. Mm. Seventy weeks. Seventy weeks. But this is uh this is a time for them, God's people, to fulfill their covenant faithfulness to God. That's right. This is what God is saying here to Daniel through his angel Gabriel, is that God is going to give his people. Remember, they've been in captivity. So they're about to leave captivity at the end of the 70 years and go back to their homeland. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that regarding the decrees um, when, when, we get to, when, when we get to when this is when the date begins. But God is saying this period of 70 weeks, which is 70 times 7, mm-hmm. 7 days in a week, so 400, 490, 490, days. 490 days and a day being a year in Bible yeah. prophecy. So 490 years yes. are determined for you and your people, Daniel. So, and that word they're determined is also the word cut off. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, there's only one other prophecy that we have that Daniel didn't have any understanding of in the previous chapter, and that was a 2,300-year prophecy. Mm-hmm. So this 490-year period is determined specifically for the children of Israel. This would be God's second opportunity for them to give them 500 years almost for for the Jewish nation as a nation, in particular the leadership, to make a decision whether they want to continue to be God's chosen ambassadors to the world. How patient or, is God? Very patient. Mm. So, and it's interesting, you know, 70, uh, 70 times 7 and a jubilee, a jubilee, uh, the jubilee year would happen after 49 years, on the 50th year. So this is... Ten jubilees, mm. four hundred and ninety, 
49 times 10. So mm. God's like 10 times wow. um, the jubilee so uh, cool. in order to restore them back and in order to give them a second opportunity. So when you said that word determined, it's cut off. So cut we're off. saying that it had to be cut off from a longer period from of time. From a longer period of time. And it logically makes sense since 9 comes after 8, chapter 9 comes after chapter 8, yeah. that we're talking about chopping off a period of time from that 2,300 years of prophetic That's time. right. That's okay. right. But we, we haven't been told thus far. Um, whereabouts this 490-year period is to be placed. Okay, oh, right. so we don't know whether it's in the middle, toward the end, at the beginning, but as we Good go point. along, we, we will discover that. Now, it's, it's interesting because um, God here says, you know, to finish the transgression, which another word for that is rebellion, mm-hmm. you know, to finish sins, uh, to to make reconciliation for iniquity. So there's three three negative things there, transgression or rebellion, sins, iniquity, but then there's three positives, there's to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, secondly, and thirdly, and to anoint the most holy. Yes. And this is speaking of, of the sanctuary, the, the temple here. Mm, I love it. Our time is just flying. But uh, before we go, we'll come back and we'll read, I guess, um, verse 25. So, uh, we're happy with these comments. Oh, there's always more to say, but <laughs> the time is against us. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, when we come back, we'll go to chapter 25, which will add verse some, 25. Oh, yeah, sorry. Verse 25, which will add a critical detail mm. to what you just said. So, Michael Card is about to sing for us, Heal Our Land and Joy. i 
Welcome back. And that was Heal Our Land by Michael Card. You're listening to Looking Up. And if you're following along, we're looking at an incredible chapter, Daniel chapter 9. And just want to remind you at the end of the program, we have a free offer for the mm. first person to call in or text us. Uh, we'll be sharing the code word that you will need in order to claim your prize if you are that special person. But the, the special offer is called the Antichrist Agenda. The powers of an unseen world are promoting an agenda to vanquish God's authority and the veiled Bible truths about end time events. Mm. You will want to know what it is. So this book will take you into what the Bible says. Well, Pastor Danny, we're up to verse 25. We are. We are. Do you want to read it? And then we're going to unpack it. Okay. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. All right. So what we have here is the angel Gabriel telling Daniel that this period of time, this 490-year period of time, that specifically is is focused on Jesus Christ, and we know that because he is Messiah, the prince. Mm. The word Messiah means the anointed one. Correct. And in Old Testament times, uh, both kings and priests were anointed. And so we have, you know, we have Jesus Christ. This is, uh, he, he's the only one that can take away sin. He's the only one that can bring in true reconciliation. He's the only one that can bring in everlasting righteousness. This is not talking about any human being or any created being. This is speaking of the promised Messiah that God promised to Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 would one day come and that would be Jesus Christ. That would be the Messiah and he would crush the head of the serpent. Mm. So now... Daniel is told by Gabriel when this will happen. It will happen, the 2,300-year prophecy, the first part of that is in connection with this 70-week prophecy. So the, so for those listeners that are listening and you maybe haven't heard this, so just try and picture, you know, 2,000, a 2,300-year 2, arch, if you could, and at the beginning of that arch, we have this prophecy. This was cut off mm-hmm. from that 2,300. At the beginning of the prophecy is this, so 490 years from that time. And we're told here when the prophecy begins. Yeah, we are. It's from the going forth of a command to restore and build Jerusalem. That's when Gabriel pinpoints the time when the Messiah would launch his career. That's right. No, no, from that period of time, the Messiah would come... 69 weeks. He would begin his ministry 69 prophetic weeks, Mm -hmm. which is 483 years. 483 years from when the decree is given. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the decree was given to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. It was, uh, it was the third decree given by the Medes and the Persians after the first two. They were given by Cyrus and Darius. That were in that was specifically in relation to the building of the temple. Mm-hmm. But the third decree was specific in concern concerning building of the city, restoring political sovereignty to the Jewish nation, uh, restoring their worship services and so forth. So they were a political nation mm-hmm. in their full right, and that happened according to Ezra chapter seven and verse seven, where we have that decree. Right now we have the previous two decrees in Ezra as well. That was in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. 
which we understand to be... 457 BC. That's, that's, so that's a very clear date. date. That's the start date. So 457 BC is when the 2,300 years begin, is when the 490-year prophecy concerning Jesus Christ as the Messiah begins as well. That's the one problem with radio. We can't be drawing a diagram. No, we can't. <laughs> but if you're listening, feel free to take out a piece of paper and write it down. 457, start point, draw a line across, and uh, we'll fill it in from there. Yeah. So, okay, so then the prophecy said there would be seven weeks and 62 weeks from that point. That's right. So, so seven, seven 62. plus 62 is 69 weeks. Correct. And 69 uh, weeks times seven days gives us 483 days. And as we've pointed out over and over again, a day represents a year in Bible prophecy. So 483 years. Added on to the f- From 457. Date. Yeah, yep. from 457 BC. It's a bit tricky because you're going from BC to AD. Yeah. But 457 BC, you add 483 years to that. And there's no year zero. Okay. So, so because there's no year zero. We minus one? Yeah. yeah in, no, you're going to add one. I'll add one. Okay. Because we go from one BC to yep. one AD. That's right. Okay. There's no year zero. That's so you right. have to add, so you have to add one. Yep. So we, so we end up at 27 AD. All right. And this is supposed to be when God's prophetic clock strikes and the Messiah. This is when the Messiah begins his public ministry. This is when he is anointed according to the text. All right. According to the text. Until Messiah the Prince, you know, until he he comes, it'll be that period of time. Now, we can do some cross-checking here, which is really exciting. Um, Thinking here, I'm going to read Luke chapter 3, verse 1, which tells us something important. It says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate began, sorry, being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Iteria, I can't read it. Go for it. And <laughs> I'm glad you're reading. Of Trachonitis and Lysia. Yeah, anyway, there's <laughs> lots of ways we can cross-check that historically, isn't it? Yeah. But the main part there at the beginning is the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, which yeah. just happens to be, and then you keep reading and Jesus is baptized, but this happens to be, 27 AD. AD. And what's fascinating, Sharissa, is um, this is a very incredible um, passage of Scripture. Some people might have read, thought about, you know, what on earth was Luke <laughs> thinking, putting in all these names, all these difficult names to pronounce, which you have obviously <laughs> demonstrated for us. Um, the reason why why God inspired Luke to write all these details down is because there was only one year one year when all these individuals ruled in those various locations that Luke points out. And that was indeed the fifth, what was it, the wow, 15th, 15th year, year of the reign of Tiberius, of Tiberius Caesar. That was the only time all of them ruled at the same no time. No way, that's so cool. That I is didn't so know cool. That. that is amazing. That that's is amazing. more amazing because, than I thought. Because when you go through and you read, you know, you read the history in the Bible and in just secular sources, they don't go adding all these details concerning they just give what one. They just give one because that's sufficient. But Jesus, but God said, no, 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 no. I don't want there to be any doubt. Question, no questions. No questions that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah that he's come right on time as yes. was the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9 and I've given you all these details so that you can nail down beyond a shadow of a doubt 27 AD. So 27 AD is when Jesus Christ was anointed. And um, and speaking of that, we have in Acts 10.38 where where we have these words, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit 
and with power, who, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Very fascinating. Um, it says, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth from the Holy, by the Holy Spirit. And when was Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit? At his baptism. At his baptism. That's according to Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Exactly. And then what did Jesus go and do immediately after the wilderness experience. He went to Nazareth Mm -hmm. and he stood up to read from the book of Isaiah and he read that that incredible prophecy about, you know, the the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach the gospel. I'm kind of paraphrasing, you know, to the poor, to the oppressed, to set the captives free. Yes. And that's exactly what we read in Acts 10.38. So Jesus Christ, and he says, the time is fulfilled. Yeah, that's right. The time, And they knew, they knew, knew exactly that Jesus was referring to himself as the Messiah because the Bible goes on and says that they they, they skipped the potluck lunch. <laughs> Instead, they they took Jesus over to a cliff and they were going to throw their hometown boy off the cliff. Incredible. And um, and the Bible says that Jesus, you know, he, he, he walked between them and obviously, you know, Jesus was beginning his ministry and God ensured there's no way his ministry was coming to an end. And so... They knew that Jesus said, I'm the Messiah, I have come right on time, I am He. Even though they did not expect Him to be the Messiah because He was just not the conquering military Messiah that they expected to be released from Roman oppression and bondage. But Jesus said, I've come to release you from something far greater and far more dangerous, especially to to your eternal well-being, and that is the oppression of sin. Amen. Sin slavery. I've come to save you from sin slavery. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? Very powerful. that verse, just 25, Daniel 9, 25 is epic. But there's still two more verses which are going to add even more thunder to the passage. So let's keep... Reading, uh, Matthew, sorry, Daniel chapter 9, verse 26. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah, that is, that is, you may, you need to, yeah, you need yeah. to add, this That's is seven weeks, one. seven weeks plus the 62. So this is yeah. speaking of after 69 weeks. That's right. Yeah. Do you want me to back up a bit from the middle of 25 to read? Yeah, go for it, go for it, yeah. So this is from the middle of verse 25. There shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Mm. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. And he, shall we just stop there? I think you just need to stop there. Um, we just probably need to point out, um, to our listeners, this is, I mean, this isn't a straightforward prophecy at first, but as you, as you take a closer look at it and as you really dig deep and, um, and spend some time uh, looking at the text and with the Holy Spirit leading you, you will be able to get a handle on it. But here in verses 26, and we haven't read verse 27, what we have in essence, and I'm kind of giving a summary just to make this nice and simple for everyone. We have a description of the Messiah and his work, and then sadly, his rejection, the rejection of the Messiah and his work, and the consequences that follow. So that's what we have in verse 26 and verse 27. So Jesus Christ would be rejected by his nation. He came to his own and his own did not receive him, according to the book of John. And then, sadly, we have the Romans who come along and they destroy the city and the temple. So, Jesus Christ is rejected by by the nation as far as the leadership of the nation. And we're going to look at that. And then, sadly, you know, the the 
the people go into bondage yet again. You know, their their, their city is 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 sacked by the Romans and, and the mm. temple is destroyed. So verse 26 here, it says, if we begin with that, the first half of that and the first half of 27, they go together. So if you get my drift. So the second half of verse 26 and the second half of verse 27 are in connection to what will happen after after the after the period of Jesus Christ and his ministry. Ah, oh, thank you. That's yeah. really good to clarify all of that. Yeah, so because when people read it they're like, "What?" and then we kind of go forward and backwards. Yeah, you kind of yeah. go forward and that backwards. Makes sense. So, so okay. So if we read verse 26, maybe if I read the first half and then I'll read the yep. the second half, sorry, the first half of verse 27, they yes. go together. Good. And the second half of both verses I go like together. I like how you explain that. All right. So the first half of verse 26 and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Okay? Then we go to verse 27. Then he, that is the Messiah, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Okay, mm. so that goes all together. That makes, that's, and that's very clear. That's very clear. The Messiah very, is going to be cut off. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, all right. So at this point, um, when we reached verse 26, we had just completed 483 years of mm-hmm. the 490, which means there's seven years left, that's which right. is one prophetic week. That's right. And it says there at the beginning of verse 26 that in the middle of that last prophetic week, the Messiah would be cut off. That word that word means killed. Okay, he'd be killed. Makes sense, but not for himself. Mm. And um, also, the sacrifices in the earthly sanctuary service would also come to an end. That's right. That's right. So, so very important to understand this: um, that Jesus Christ would die in the middle of that last week, the seventieth week. So, if we are in uh, twenty-seven A.D., yeah, go so th- three and a half years. So, twenty-seven plus three and a half yeah. would take us to thirty-one A.D. Thirty-one A.D. as being the year that Jesus died in the spring. Mm. Of 31 AD. And it's actually impossible to work that spring part out. Yeah, well, we have, I mean, you know we when. celebrate. We celebrate Easter every year in the month of April. Mm. And so, you know, we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere, you, you know, you in, know wh- in here in Australia, obviously, you know, Easter is during our autumn, mm. but this is taking place in the Northern Hemisphere. So in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, Easter is during their springtime. Uh, and it also helps that the Gospels make uh, reference, well, it's easy to work out that Jesus' ministry lasted for three and a half years. Which These are the Passovers. We've got the Passovers in John. Yeah, and good point. John points out three Passovers that Jesus attended. We got the news, another song, and then we'll be back with the final part of this prophecy. Don't miss it. For I am with thee Be not dismayed For I am thy God And I will strengthen
You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Oh, we just love listening to Faith FM. <laughs> Welcome back to Looking Up. We were enjoying the listening to the ad break there. <laughs> um, we're in our final section of our Bible study, and it's been so wonderful. I'm learning things, and I hope you are too. A reminder, at the end of the show, we're making a free offer available to the first person who will text in, and we're going to give you the code word that you'll need to claim the prize if you are that lucky person. But the free offer that is on offer is called The Antichrist Agenda by Danny Shelton and Shelley Quinn. So stay tuned. Mm, Well, we just came through Daniel chapter 9, and we're just looking at the last couple of verses here verse 26 and 27 and we just identified that God revealed in prophecy to Daniel the Gabriel has told him that Jesus would die the Messiah would be cut off in 31 AD in the midst of the week that final week so yeah three and a half years that's Amazing. how long Jesus ministry lasted and um, right on time Sharissa mm. Jesus died on 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 Passover. The Passover, and it happened to be a Friday um, in 31 AD, and Jesus died right at the time when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed at 3 p.m. We have that in the Gospels at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and we also know that this was the end of the sacrificial system. This was the end of the sacrifice because it pointed to Jesus Christ, who was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And as John pointed out, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And that happened on Good Friday, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And we have evidence that this was the end because the the veil in the temple separating the holy place from the most holy place, about four inches thick, mm-hmm. it was torn from top to bottom, not from bottom to top, but from top to bottom, by an angel, because not not by any human hand, the Bible says. It doesn't say by who, but it just mysteriously it was torn. And when Jesus died and he cried out, it is finished, there was a massive earthquake, the Bible says. And so this was the end. And we also know we also know that this would be when Jesus Christ would confirm the covenant. It says he yes. would confirm the covenant with many for one week. Mm-hmm. And during that last um, dur- during Jesus' ministry on that Thursday night. 
um, as he celebrated uh, the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room, the Bible says that Jesus instituted the communion service that we celebrate today as Christians. You know, the bread representing the body of Christ, the grape juice representing the blood of Christ. And he says, this is my blood and in and this is the new covenant that I give to you. So the communion service is the new covenant. And Jesus uses the same language that we find here in Daniel chapter 9. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, and it's shared for many, for all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so powerful. He's cut off, but not for himself. He's no. cut off for you. He's cut off for me. It's very personal and it's very powerful yeah. verses here. Uh, we'll come back to that, I think. So 31 AD. It's the middle of that final week of the mm-hmm. 70-week prophecy. So we've still got three and a half years left. That's right, till the end of the 70-week so prophecy. So if, if we add three and a half to 31, it takes us to 34, 34 AD. AD. 34 AD. What's so significant about that? Well, in 34 AD, we have uh, Stephen. Okay, Stephen, he was a, a deacon filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 7, we don't have time to read it, but in Acts chapter 7, Stephen preaches this powerful sermon to the Sanhedrin, which was the, which was the religious parliament of the day. And he, 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 he shares with them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And, and he, he tells them that they have put him to death. And he encourages them, he pleads with them one final time for them to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah, to accept um, God's call upon the nation. 490 years are up. Will you make that decision to continue to be God's ambassadors to the world or will God have to choose another group of people to be his ambassadors? And sadly, the Bible says uh, they, they were, they, they, gritted their teeth, they gnashed their teeth, they stoned Stephen to death. He was the first Christian martyr. And so it's really important to understand that God has not rejected the Jewish nation. Mm. God has not rejected the Jewish nation, not at all. But what has happened now since 34 AD, up until this point and all the way to the coming of Jesus, now the the children of Israel are all those that are Abraham's seed, all those that are spiritual children of Israel, those that have given their hearts and lives to God through Christ. They have accepted Christ as their Savior, and now they are children of Abraham. They are spiritual Israel. There's, there's many scriptures mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul refers to um, regarding that. And um, he says there is no longer Jew nor Greek, Greek no, no, neither male nor female, but if you're in, if you're Abraham's seed, you are in Christ, and there it are your according all, to the promise. Is according to the promise. So yeah, so so that's what brought the end, uh, an end to uh, the seventy week prophecy of thirty four A.D. Mm. And that was four hundred and ninety years came to an end with the stoning of Stephen. And after that, it's interesting when you read Acts chapter eight, the gospel. Then goes far and wide. There's persecution that breaks out yep. um, in Jerusalem, and so the the believers they scatter far and wide throughout the empire to share the message of salvation to to the Gentile world, to to the rest of the world. Because before before 34 AD, for those first three and a, for those three and a half years after Jesus ascended to heaven, um, according to Acts chapter one to chapter six, the gospel is predominantly shared amongst Jewish believers. Mm. But then after the stoning of Stephen, after the end of the 70-week prophecy, it goes worldwide. Hmm. And it's been going worldwide And it's been going worldwide, yes, exactly right. That's so exciting. Um, 
That is amazing stuff, isn't it? So there's two parts to, as you said, to verses 26 and 27. That's right. So we've kind of understand and unpacked this first part, first which are part, all yeah. about Jesus and pointing, pinpointing, you know, the gospel going to the world and all of this stuff. And his covenant and his sacrifice and, yeah. and, and everything. Yeah. But there's a second part, and what is that all about? Well, the second half of verses 26 and 27, those two verses speak of uh, the consequences uh, for the Jewish nation of rejecting Jesus Christ as their Messiah and turning their backs on on God's covenant and and the consequences that would follow. And it's very tragic because in 70 AD, we have Titus, the Roman general mm-hmm. Titus. He came, um, surrounded Jerusalem, and he destroyed the city, destroyed the temple, just as the scripture says. Um, you know, I'm reading sort of the last part of verse 27, and on the wing of the abomination shall be shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate using really serious heavy language and Jesus spoke of this in Matthew 24 mm-hmm. verse 15 he spoke of this very incident uh, that Jerusalem would be surrounded and it would be made desolate mm-hmm. and so what we have uh, Sharissa we started off um, at the beginning of this program by taking a look at you know the Jews in captivity Yep. Why did they go into captivity, into Babylon? Is because they turned their back on God's love, God's covenant, God's promises. They divorced mm-hmm. themselves, if I could use a simple word. They divorced themselves from God, and God had to turn away. He had to, he had to let go of them because they turned away from Him, and He allowed the enemy. He allowed Satan um, to to come in and and to destroy the people. And so now, God, instead of the Babylonians. God now allows the Romans to come in and to destroy the city and the people. And 1.1 million Jews lost their lives Mm. um, in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Yeah, and then we know quite a bit about the history of what happens after 70 AD with Rome and the power of Rome too. That's right. And the rest of the prophecy. So. Oh wow, what a what a what a study. Yeah. <laughs> and you know when you think about it, the odds I'm not very good with maths, but I've looked this up, I've got it in my notes. If I had numbered 10 coins, you know, 1 to 10, put them in my pocket, the chances of me pulling out numbers 1 and 2, the coins numbered 1 and 2 in succession, has the odds of 1 in 100. Wow. But if I wanted to get one, if I wanted to reach my hand in the pocket and pull them out one in the number of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and put them all back so I can have to pick one in ten each time. The odds of me getting that is one in ten billion. Wow. So we've just looked at a prophecy that has so many specific details, and yet it is fulfilled every single one of them to a T. Like God has been on time, on point, every single time. And history confirms it. We were able to cross-check it with different uh, dates and facts, facts from history and the Bible. So what does this tell us about God? This tells us that, that God is someone who can be trusted. Uh, Jesus said, I have told you these things that when they do come to pass that you may believe. That's John fourteen twenty nine. So, you know, and Peter says we have a more sure word of prophecy. We can put our faith and trust in God, in his word, and, you know, the things that we are seeing taking place around us right now, God foresaw, he foreknew, he has foretold all mm-hmm. these things. And so by putting our faith and trust in God, in his word, in Jesus Christ, who is the center of this prophecy, Mm. we can have peace, we can have hope, we can have assurance. We do not need to be afraid. 
And so we have, yeah, we have the blessings of God's word and God's promises. Amen. I think I couldn't agree with you more on that point. God can be trusted. And I just think it'd be nice for us to back up a little bit and in these closing moments of our section here to think more about what it means when he was cut off, but not for himself. Mm. I love to put myself there. He was cut off for Sharissa. Yeah. He was cut off for me. He's cut off for you. He was cut off for all of us. Um, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he revealed to the world the strongest and most beautiful manifestation mm, of amen. the love of God. There's nothing greater than God's love. And uh, I guess in First John 3.16, the Bible says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for mm, us. Amen. Amen. And so we want to make an appeal to all of our listeners to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, as your Messiah. Mm. Because as we've seen, Jesus is the Messiah of Bible prophecy. He is the one that the prophet spoke of, that the Bible speaks of, and that Daniel 9 pinpoints as being the one who would come and make an end mm. of sacrifices Amen. because he was that ultimate sacrifice. And you know what? Um, Jesus wants to make a covenant with each and in, each and every individual. Mm. He says, you know, this is my covenant that I'm making. You know, this cup, oh, this that. bread is my covenant and I'm I'm giving it to you as an individual. So we're not saved collectively. Yes. We're saved individually. It's a personal choice. And so so you know the covenant, it's like marriage. Yeah. It's like when two people are married, you know, you're you're not married to three people. You're married to one person. Mm-hmm. And um and so Jesus is inviting us into into a, a spiritual marriage with him that's based on love and joy and peace and commitment. And, that's the covenant. Amen. And based on all that he has done. Amen. Um because our what we do just doesn't cut it, but what he's done it cuts it all the time. Yeah. It's just so wonderful. Well, uh, we are almost at the end of our time today, but we want to remind you that when we come back, we have a special offer that's on avail- on, on offer to the first person to call in or text us on this program. Uh, it's a book called The Antichrist Agenda, and it will unpack some important topics such as the covenants, which we've just made reference to here, the beautiful covenant that Jesus has made. So you'll want to lo- learn more about what the Bible says about the covenant and also looking into some other topics such as the mark of the beast um, claims about christ's return and, and this sort of thing it's going to take you deeper into the bible and so if you haven't got this book and you'd like it be the first one to call or text us on 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 491 Amen. And uh, you know something else, Pastor Danny? I was mm. just thinking that the same God who made all these, this prophetic, you know, gave us this prophecy with all of these details, and he's fulfilled them to a T, he's also said that Jesus is coming again. Amen. And we can be certain that the same God who made this prophecy and gave it will also keep his promise and will come again. It will indeed. So that's something to look forward to as we keep looking up. And after this break, uh, we're going to share what is going to take place next week. Next week, we're continuing on. We're going to go to the end of the prophecy. Can't wait.
welcome back. You have been listening to Almighty God by Sandra McCracken. And we've just got some final comments and things to wrap up this program. We hope that you've enjoyed this Amen. study of Daniel chapter 9. And we did receive some questions and comments, which we thought were really good. They're we, excellent questions. They are. We just don't have time to, to do them in this. We're going to do a whole program yes. on these questions what regarding, regarding you know, Israel's role mm-hmm. in Bible prophecy. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about that in this, in this message, mm-hmm. but we want to unpack it from what the New Testament says regarding the Israel of God mm. um, beyond, you know, that 490-year period that ended in 34 AD. And what does God have to say? What does his word have to say? It's going to be Amen. powerful and very, Amen. very illuminating. When will we do that? We'll probably do that after next week. So next week, what we want to do next week, Sharissa, is we want to go to the end of this prophecy. So this prophecy began, as we've discovered, in 457 BC. Yep. We've looked at the first 490 years in connection with with the Messiah, Jesus Christ, but there's an there's 1810 more years beyond 34 AD to make yes. up the other two to make up the rest of the 2300 years. So if you go from 34 AD forward 1810 years, that's a lot easier to go forward rather than to work <laughs> from BC to AD. Yep. You get to 1844. Okay. And so we're going to discover next week what is the significance of 1844? What happened then? What does it have to do with me? And more important, and most important of all, what does it have to do with those who are preparing for the coming of Jesus? Amen. Huge, absolutely important. So we can't do it all in one hit. Uh, it's too much for people to digest. And so yep. we need to take our time and unpack it. So next week, we're going to take a look at the end of the 2300 years. This Don't year. Don't miss it. Yeah. Today was the beginning of yep. the 2300 prophecy. We're going to look at the end so next, next week. Next week's a part two on this part one. Part two, part two, yeah. Or part three on last week. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then we'll look at Israel after that. After that, yeah. Well, that sounds really good. I'm excited, looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. We want to now give you the special code word, which we've been talking about this whole program for the special offer, which is the Antichrist Agenda. And the code word today is... Messiah. Yes. You know, if you can't spell that... That's all right. Don't worry. We'll take all kinds of stuff. As spellings. long as it's got an M in it, you'll be okay. <laughs> Messiah yes. is the code word. So the first person to to call in or text us on what numbers, Sharissa? Here are the numbers. Call us on 1-800-324-843 or text 0491-064-669. First one in gets it. Fantastic. Now, we should close this program and uh, we should close with prayer. Amen. And uh, do you want to close with prayer? Happy to pray, happy to pray. Father in heaven, once again, we just want to thank you for your word. Your word is is an incredible blessing to us as it opens up our eyes and our minds and our hearts to the beauties of your love. Father, we thank you for Bible prophecy, Bible Mm. prophecy that shines light in the darkness and, and gives us and gives us certainty in the things that we believe in. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Above all, we thank you that he came and he did not die for his own sins, but he was cut off. He was killed. Um, he, he experienced... Uh, 
the second death. He experienced rejection, which is the cause of sin because of our sins. We thank you, Father, for his love. We thank you for his death and for his sacrifice. We accept that now and we look forward to the day when we will meet him and worship him for all eternity. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Danny. We hope you've all enjoyed this program. We've certainly enjoyed having you along for this Bible study. I've learned things and I hope you have as well. Amen. As we close out, I think we're going to be sending you to the live drive time show in Adelaide. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. And remember, as you think about that, that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. Amen. So may God bless you and keep looking up wherever you are because Jesus is coming soon. Amen and amen. And God bless you, folk, and have a great rest of the week. And we'll see you again, God willing, next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me